Hey, Christ Journey, Pastor Bill here. Uh, once again in my living room, I thought maybe I'd tell you, why am I recording from here? And if you were to walk into my home, this is what you would see. Immediately, you would see a space with a lamp that never goes dim, a Bible that's open, this lounger. This is where I begin every day before the sun comes up. I begin my day here with God. At first light, first choice, seek first the kingdom of God. And so this seemed like the most appropriate place in my life, in my heart, from which to bring you into some sacred space for me in this series. Now, having said that, this is Easter 2020. And my sense is that it matters now more than ever. Easter matters now more than ever. Now, the good news of Jesus Christ always matters. But there's something significant going on with us right now. And you sense it as I do. People are paying attention in a, in a new way. And all through scripture, God makes very clear, when we seek him with our hearts, if we seek him with our hearts, he will be found. And so I'm praying today, I'm praying for you, that this day would be a day not only of seeking, but of finding and that wherever you're making your connection as you're joining us, that you will find God in a powerful and personal new way, a way that lets you know how real he is, how close God is, how personal and how good God is, that this could be a day of fresh joy for you. In our theme this Easter is uh, feel the joy. And so our prayer is that you will feel the joy today as you are joining with your friends and family from Christ's journey. And I've got a special treat for you when it comes to greeting one another today, not only from the beautiful tropics of South Florida, Miami, Florida, but also from the rolling hills and the redwood forests of Golden Gate, California. Here's my daughter, Corey, and her family with our two amazing grandsons to share with you some Easter joy. Hello, Christ's journey. Hi, Christ's journey. Hello. Hi, Lolly. Hi, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just wanted to thank God this Easter that God is not limited by space or place or time um, or hardship. And it, what is it? What is it that Pop says, West? Nothing is too hard for God. That's right. Let's say that together. Nothing, Nothing is, is too hard, hard for, for God. God. Mm. Well, one of the reasons that. Christ's journey will always have a special place in our hearts is that we were married there. We were, it's been almost 15 years ago now, which is really hard to believe. Um, and we've been joining you online for the last few weeks. And um, also our church, City Church San Francisco, has been connecting virtually now for over a month. And uh, we just send you love and joy from San Francisco from our church here, City Church San Francisco, um, and just celebrate Easter with you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. <laughs> Happy Easter. <laughs> Happy Easter. Happy Easter. One of the most special things that any of us can share with each other is our family. 
And I'm so happy that we get to share some of our Easter joy with you through our family. I'm also very thankful as senior pastor of the Christ Journey Church to welcome you as our family. And as family today in Christ, I wanna ask you if you would remember with me what the angels told the women at the tomb on that first Easter morning. I, I'm gonna ask the question they asked, why do you look for the living among the dead? And then I'd like for you to respond with, uh, as they did, with their answer. He's not here. He has risen as he said, okay? So my part, why do you look for the living among the dead? Your part, he's not here. He's risen as he said. Okay, ready, kids? Everybody ready? Here we go. Me first. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He's risen as he said. Good. Okay, we're going to do it again, but this time, take a good breath and speak it out so we can hear it. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen, as he said. This is Easter joy that we share with those of that first Easter. I want to say happy Easter, Christ Journey family. And I, this is what I want to say. Easter matters now more than ever. The message of hope and joy and peace and love that we experience at Easter matters now more than ever, more than ever since I've been pastor at Christ Journey for sure. Today is somebody's day to experience God's salvation in this Easter. Now, you know, our other daughter, Jess, has also been with us for the past six weeks. Um, she went to the Holy Land with us with our Christ Journey group, and what an incredible opportunity to be in the places where Jesus walked, where Jesus told his stories, where he worked his miracles, where, he, where Jesus gave his life for us, and then rose from the dead for us. The Easter land is the Holy Land. But uh, when we got back, COVID-19 was a thing, and so since Jess is a health risk. She stayed safe with us for the next several weeks. In fact, she just uh, returned home to California this past week. These past four years, she has struggled with, um, with a disease, with a chronic illness that has most recently been diagnosed as myalgic encephalomyelitis. And um, it's a disease that among other things, keeps her joints and her muscles and her uh, skin always in some level of pain. Um, and it causes these unpredictable spikes in her heart rate and then drains her energy level dry several times a day. It's very unpredictable. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because when we were together on the Sea of Galilee in the Holy Land, she was telling the story of her struggle with our group. Now, on that sea, by the way, these photos are from a boat that, uh, was on the Sea of Galilee with us. This is where um, Jess was sharing her story, but this is also where Jesus, as you remember, more than once calmed the storm on the Sea of Galilee. More than once caught lots of fish on the Sea of Galilee. More than once, twice, fed thousands of people right on the banks of the Sea of Galilee. And it was at the Sea of Galilee where he walked on water it was also at the Sea of Galilee on the banks of this very sea where Jesus, after he had risen from the dead, is now sharing breakfast with his disciples on the banks of the Sea of Galilee. But the story that Jess was telling us as we 
floated on that boat across the Sea of Galilee was her favorite, the most meaningful to her of the stories of Jesus on that sea, was when the disciples were at sea, it was night, it was stormy, and Jesus was asleep in the boat. I mean, you can imagine it, the storm is raging, the disciples are terrified, and, uh, and yet Jesus is in the boat with them, and they're upset because he's sleeping. That's the story that brings comfort to her because it seems so real to her life right now. Even though Jesus has not yet calmed the storm of her disease, he has calmed her in the storm of her disease. And she knows that he is in the boat with her right now. Maybe that's a message for you today, that you feel like you're still, you're in the dark, you're in the storm. Um, you're, uh, the, 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 the waves are raging and you're not yet on the other side. And yet, it feels like Jesus is sleeping. You know what? Maybe this is a good time just to remember that Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. And in this time of social distancing, to remember that God is not far from any of us. And surely that's part of the of feeling the joy at Easter today. Now, some of our family traditions that lend happiness to our Easter joy um, may need to be, uh, may need to find some fresh expression. Like for instance, what? I, I brought a, a, a basket here, like gathering eggs or uh, filling a basket with goodies. You have some favorite Easter goodies, like jelly beans, you know? Jelly beans, I, I did a little research on these. You know when jelly beans entered the scene? 1930s. 1930s, and yet we think, how would jelly? How do you do Easter without jelly beans? Okay, how about Peeps? You get Peeps in your Easter basket? These, the first Peeps, by the way, took 27 hours to create. Now it only takes six minutes, but that was back in the 1950s. 1950s? Come on! And then, uh, how about this? Maybe some of you chocolate Easter bunnies, right? You know when they first entered the scene? It was 1850, 1850, 170 years we've been having chocolate bunnies on Easter. Okay, what about this? I got, if you dig deep enough, you're gonna get some of these eggs down in that basket. Eggs have been around a long time and not just around Easter. Eggs for many cultures have always symbolized new life in the springtime. But you know the difference at Easter is that now since Christ rose from the dead, Coloring eggs, decorating eggs colorfully now adds some of the life that says his resurrection is available to you. And so we remember that. Now, speaking of eggs, um, how about the first Easter egg hunt? You know when that began? You know who started that? Oh, by the way, kids, if you've been joining us for the Christ Journey virtual egg hunt, I, I'd like to encourage you, how many eggs have you found? You know, Lisa and I were hiding eggs in our backyard for that virtual hunt, and uh, you need to post the number that you found so that we can celebrate with you. But you know who is credited with the first Easter egg hunt in history? Martin Luther of the Protestant Reformation. That's back in the early 1500s, 500 years ago. And, and you know where it came from? Men would hide the eggs, and then women and children would go and find them so that they could then remember the joy that the women who discovered the empty tomb first experienced on Easter. 
And then the delight and the wonder and the joy, that's where it came from. Here's a photo of the garden tomb in Jerusalem, what's called the garden tomb. It uh, reminds us of the very graveyard where Christ would have been laid and from which he would have risen, the tomb to which Mary would have visited with the other women and found it empty. The empty tomb is where the joy begins. If you wanna feel Easter joy, the empty tomb is the place it begins. The uh, ancient Russian Orthodox Church has a tradition of telling jokes at Easter. Did you know that? And you know why? Because it was at Easter, God got the last laugh on Satan, sin, and death. On Good Friday, it looked like the evil one had won. But by Sunday, God gets the last laugh and we feel the Easter joy of that victory. And it's that victory that the Apostle John is depicting for us in a fascinating picture in John chapter 20. We'll pick it up in verse 11. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. This is where God meets us today too, isn't it? In our tears, in our fears, in our uncertainties, as we try to peer into the unknown and rediscover our limitations just outside the tomb. As she wept, John goes on, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. Now, Dr. N.T. Wright says this is John's portrayal of the mercy seat. The mercy seat was the lid that covered the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was kept in the Holy of Holies the, in the temple, the most sacred place in the temple in Jerusalem. And on its top, as you can see in this image, there were two golden angels called cherubim, mighty angels guarding the place where Yahweh God would appear. And John is saying now in real time, real life, Jesus, where Jesus really rose, there are two angels where God's mercy in Christ has now been revealed in the empty tomb, replacing once and for all the temple and its system of sacrifice in his body. Jesus has filled full his role as the Lamb of God, the human embodiment of the Passover lamb, that lamb that was slain in Egypt, so that every home where the blood of the lamb was found on the doorpost, the death angel would pass over. Jesus Christ is God the lamb who gave his life and has taken away the sins of our world. Our death has been transferred to him so that we could be made right with God. That's what atonement means. Atonement means the cross and empty tomb of Jesus Christ is now and forever the most sacred space, period. May I say that again? The cross and empty tomb of Jesus Christ is now and forever the most sacred space, period. The angels asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. This is so like us, isn't it? I mean, we, we see, but we don't really, we don't really see. We know, but we don't really, we don't really know. And, uh, and he said, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, 
She said, sir, if you have carried away, tell me where you've put him and I'll go get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, and he calls her by name. I wonder how that moment felt. What's John wanting us to see? How about this? That Jesus isn't simply risen from the dead. That Jesus is there for us. That he meets us in our need and Jesus knows us and calls us by name. This is the joy of Easter to be felt. That Jesus is trying to meet you in your need today. That Jesus is there for you in your need today. And that Jesus knows you and is calling you by name. Have you seen him? Oh yeah, I see him. No, no, I mean, have you really seen him? Do you know him? Oh yeah, yeah, no. Not do you know about him, do you know him? Then he gives her hope to share. He says, go and tell your brothers that I am returning to my father and your father, my God and your God. A new relationship has been born from the womb of the tomb. Incredible. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old has gone, new has come. John is showing us that a new creation is coming into being from the womb of the tomb. Oh my goodness, on Good Friday, think of it. This is what the, painting, the picture he paints. On Good Friday, he says, our Redeemer signals that the work of the atonement is done. As the work week concludes with his words, it is finished. And then, following his Sabbath day of rest, Saturday, Jesus is up early on the first day of the week, John chapter 20, verse 1, tending the garden of life eternal. This is the first day of new creation where he himself is our mercy seat, where atonement is made and forgiveness is offered and received, where Jesus himself is our wonderful counselor who meets us in our fears and in our tears and in our disappointment and in our doubts and brings joy and hope where he himself meets us in our most vulnerable reality, death, and then floods us with eternal life in the spirit. Easter joy means despair gives way to hope, disappointment to joy, and, uh, and death has been transformed into life eternal through the resurrection of Jesus. There's a story told about Mark Twain walking through a cemetery where he reads an ominous epitaph on a gravestone. Remember, friend, as you walk by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you shall be. Prepare in life to follow me. The story says Twain pulled out a piece of chalk and jotted down underneath. To follow you, I'd be content if I only knew which way you went. Friends, the truth is we're all on our way out, COVID or not. And Jesus is saying, follow me in the graveyard and you will find life beyond death, eternal life full of peace, love, hope, and joy, wholeness, 
wholeness. Now, maybe you've wondered about how that works. I know I do. Um, and the truth is, it's just, a, it's such a mystery to be sure. But I was intrigued in reading a news report mid-March that said this, in the absence of vaccines or antiviral drugs, Johns Hopkins University researchers are saying the key to responding to coronavirus may be hidden in the blood of those who've already recovered from the disease. The idea is to use blood of previously infected, now recovered patients and harvest virus-fighting antibodies for a kind of serum. The technique was used to treat polio and measles in previous generations, but with the advent of modern uh, vaccine science and antiviral drugs, it fell out of favor. Doctors are now saying maybe it's time to bring the strategy back since it may be the best hope for treatment until we know more. Bottom line is this, the solution may be in the blood of those who have survived the disease. Does that sound familiar? That's the Easter message, isn't it? Where Jesus took on and survived and overcame the disease of sin and now he offers his healing blood as our solution. This is what John is writing about in 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus, God's son, purifies us from all sin. The blood solves our sin problem and makes us right with God. And then the resurrection power of God through the Holy Spirit is made available to us so that we might conquer and rise above the challenges of life, including the ultimate challenge of death. Jesus conquers death. That's what Easter joy means. And he makes things right according to divine justice. And then he says, my God is your God. And my father is now your father. And I want to tell you, God, your father wants to give you joy. This Easter, right now. So how do you get it? Well, Jesus told another story about a rebellious son who had been far from joy, but came home to it in a new way. You can do that too. You can come home to God, come home to the Father. It says, when he came home, his heart was humble and hungry to get things right, to be made right to be reconciled. So when the son came home, the father ran to meet him and the father threw his arms around him and he, and he kissed him and he said, quick, get the best robe and put it on his shoulders and bring out the best ring and put it on his finger and put sandals on his feet and we're gonna have steaks and party tonight. Feel the Easter joy. All because the son who had been far away came to his senses and then came home to the Father. Have you been far from God? Come home. You've been trying to make life work on your own without God, without Christ, without your spiritual family, without the church. Then come to your senses and come home. The prophet Malachi, at the close of his writings, at the close of the Old Testament says, that before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, the hearts of the Father 
will be turned to the children and the hearts of the children will be turned to their fathers. It sounds like a coming home, doesn't it? Maybe it's time to bring that strategy back, to bring back the strategy of come to your senses and come home to God. What if we were to bring back the strategy of let the blood of Jesus bring healing to your soul? Let's bring back the strategy of uh, trust the joy of Jesus, the God of the empty tomb, to fill your heart with his joy. To come to your senses, come home to God, and do it now. Would you pray with me? Jesus said, look, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Would you open the door and let him come in today? He's calling your voice. He's meeting you at your point of need. He's reaching out to you now. Would you receive his touch? Lord Jesus, I believe you are God come in the flesh for me, that on the cross you took my sin and you took it all the way to the grave so that justice would be done and you rose from the dead so that now the way has been made open for me to experience you. Come into my life, forgive my sins. I receive the gift of salvation. Fill me with your spirit and lead me that I might fulfill your will in my life. I make my prayer in your name, amen. Thank you for joining us this Easter. Let's remember together as we continue to celebrate, he is risen, he is risen indeed. Could we say that? Let me say he is risen. You respond with he is risen indeed, shall we? He is risen, he is risen indeed. Happy Easter, Christ journey.